0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off The Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific.
2: Kia ora and welcome to Fresh Off The Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. I'm Bobby McCumber, a proud Ikiribas woman who will be cheering on Team Ikiribas at the Pacific Games in three days' time. Now, each week, I'm joined by two expert co-hosts from across the Pacific, sharing the latest local sports news on the ground and in the islands. My first co-host is the news director of the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation, Indra Singh. Welcome back, Indra.
3: Bula, Bobby. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. Hope you're doing well.
2: Very well, thank you. And my second guest is a co-host, of course, is the manager of Kingdom Media in Tonga. It's Carlo Molli. Maloelele, Carlo.
1: Malo, Lele, Bobby, and hello, Bula to
2: you, Indra. Now, Indra, uh, you've sent a team to Honiara to cover the Pacific Games. How big is that team and have they arrived already?
3: Yeah, Bobby, uh, as you know, it is the Olympics of the Pacific every time we talk about the Pacific Games. Uh, So, yeah, my teams across there, there are all three of them already. A couple of others that will be travelling back and forth, but uh, the three that will be stationed... In Honiara have arrived as of uh, two days ago, three days ago. They got out just before the cyclone approached Fiji, so that was a good thing. Um, All settled in, just spoke to them uh, earlier on, and um, actually the excitement is on the next level.
2: Oh, I I, I bet it's excitement all around for the athletes, coaches uh, and even us talking in sports media. Now, Carlo, I'm very excited to have you, our first Tongan co-host. If you had to name two sports that Tonga could win a gold medal in, what would they be?
1: Well, that's a hard question just because I need to narrow it down to two categories. (laughs) But (laughs) yes, I truly believe in our Tala team, our Netball Girls these ladies are definitely back with a vengeance to fight for the gold Um, and I can see that the boxers also they have really trained hard all year round Um, and I think all of the teams here in Tonga so it's really hard for me to just pin it down to just two categories but you know all the best to team Tonga bring back all the gold.
2: (laughs) I love it. All the gold. And I tell you, Tonga Tala, lots of people are talking about this netball team. Are they going to come back and win gold? We'll soon find out during the Pacific Games. Now, Indra and Carlo, will keep you up to date on sports in both Fiji and Tonga. The Pacific Games kick off this Friday. Which team is ready to go one better this Pacific Games?
4: We lost to the Cook Islands by one point in Samoa, Four years ago, so the girls are ready to go and grab their gold.
2: This country has just qualified for their first Olympics in Paris 2024.
3: Goes right and eventually, goes back to the left-hand side, Voku goes up the middle and that one just
0: forcing the pass. And the siren has gone and history-making, legacy-creating Samoa for the first time in their history, stamped the ticket to the Olympics in Paris
2: Next year, what a moment for Samoa. And with Super Rugby season, it's only three months away. We hear how some of the clubs are preparing. Plus, we've got loads more, so stick around.
1: ABC Radio Australia. You're listening to Fresh Off the Field,
2: uniting the Pacific through the universal language of sports. Each week, my co hosts and I will report on sports from across the Pacific analysing and detailing all of the best bits in sport. But before we get to that, let's have some fun. Uh, Coconut Wireless. uh, Ah, the Coconut Wireless is where we discuss sports gossip in your country. Did any of your athletes get left behind from the Pacific Games? Will there be any surprise gold medalists who no one anticipated? It is not fact and it can't be backed up. But these are rumours happening around sport in your country. Indra, what is happening on the Coconut Wireless in Fiji?
3: Yeah, maybe I'll start off uh, in terms of uh, not directly with Fiji, but the Cook Islands uh, rugby league team and also I believe uh, their, their men's and women's rugby league team, about 26 of them, Almost, almost missed out on a flight connecting to Solomon Islands for the Pacific Games uh, yesterday because um, they were on a flight on Air New Zealand, uh, which was rescheduled. They had to arrive in Nandi at a certain time to connect onto the flight to Solomon Islands. There's some time uh, issues there, as you know. Um, the cyclone has, uh, you know, disrupted the flights, etc., around in the Pacific. So um, there's a lot of running around from what I hear from the great vines uh, (laughs) of uh, Cook Island sports, and they finally managed to get something sorted. You know, it would have been a shame not to see our family and brothers and sisters from the Cook Islands uh, as as a Pacifica family at the Pacific Games, Bobby.
2: Oh, it it would have been. And, uh, you know, if a flight gets cancelled or someone misses a flight... Everything's booked out. It's going to be very hard for people to get to the Solomons if something goes wrong. Uh, What else do you have for us, Indra?
3: Yeah, um, just just looking on the uh, other side, keeping up with the Pacific Games, uh, and I'm hearing a couple of teams have, uh, for the first time, I mean, I've covered Pacific Games a number of times, are are resorting to media ban. They, They don't want the media to cover them because they are so... Scared that they plays and they, you know, combinations, etc., might just be leaked out to the opposition. Well, uh, I can say that much. You gotta have your windows planned well because this is (laughs) the Pacific Games in the Pacific. You will need all the coverage you can get, and uh, some of the uh, one of the volleyball teams uh, from a certain country as well uh, decided that none of the players were going to give media interviews. It will only be the manager perhaps a little bit of a case of wanting limelight himself.
2: Oh, <laughs> that is very funny. Oh, I mean, not from someone who works in the media. I don't want a media ban. I want to talk to all of the athletes. But oh, that's uh, interesting from this team manager. might get a bit of airtime during the Pacific Games. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Inja. Uh, Carlo in Tonga, what have you heard on the Coconut Wireless?
1: I think everybody's still talking about World Cup, although we didn't um, really come back with a cup or anything like that. I think we came <laughs> back with a spoon. Um, but, <laughs> you know, uh, we're talking about the Tonga's national team, the Kalitahi. Everybody's still um, wondering about the, the head coach, Doda whether he's going to extend his contract or not. But, you know, publicly he did declare that he has no intentions of extending his contract well, sad, but we now look around for others who may have the experience and interest to take up this important role. And we uh-huh. wonder about big names such as, you know, ex-Ikaletai captain Nili Latu. There's Josh Taumalolo, Mana Otai. Even the Rugby Sevens head coach, Devita Tui Fuwa, might be interested. We have local coaches available to take up the role, Kutusi filia. So we excitedly wait and see uh, whether... Uh, somebody will step up to the platform and take this role for the
2: Oh, lots of names out there. And that's one of the the, um, most popular things that we talk about on this program is the coaches that come in and out and just the speculation all around that. So I'm looking forward to seeing who gets that role next. And did the coach happily step away or was he pushed out? Anyway, moving on. Carlo, what else do you have for us on the Coconut Wireless in Tonga?
1: People are still in a high over Rugby World Cup, but, you know, at the end of it, some of the Ikale uh, team members came down to visit family and um, to see the people in their hometowns. So their captain, Ben Dame Funa and also Augustine Pulu, visited their hometowns along with family for a short vacation. Um, they took them to one of their hometowns in Wawa'a, which is a 45-minute flight from the main islands of um, Tongatapu. They were warmly welcomed by their kainga or relatives on Vavao Island. Vavao is a very beautiful island, um, and if you decide to visit Tonga, this is a really nice place to uh, take your family to. And um, in the the small island, everybody is quite related to everyone. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's definitely in the coconut wallets, but Tameifuna um, was warmly welcomed by various villages and uh, one of the villages gave him, uh, you know, one of the highest honor of a cover ceremony with a big and feast or kaipola with all the, you know, the suckling um, roasted pigs and all sorts.
2: Oh, thank you, Carlo, for um, covering the Coconut Wireless in Tonga and making me a little bit hungry talking about that food uh, and want to go on vacation in this beautiful island. Thank you both, Indra and Carlo. That was. Coconut Wireless. All right, it is time to find out what's happening in sport across our islands. Indra, what sports news is catching your attention in Fiji at the moment?
3: Bobby, I think the biggest news this week was as we build up to the Pacific Games is a um, 30-year-old national record for Fiji in the 5,000 metres has been smashed by 15 seconds uh, by Yashnil Karan, who's heading off to the Pacific Games. He's running at the uh, Queensland uh, Championships on Saturday. So he he clocked uh, 14 minutes, 31.73 seconds. And uh, that's also in the process, he's uh, smashed his personal best by a massive 55 seconds and he broke a, as I mentioned, a 30-year-old record that was 14 minutes, 46.40 seconds, set uh, by Davin Prakash Singh, who was the Pacific champion in the Pacific Games, and uh, has also broken um, battered performance uh, by legends of Fijian and Oceania athletics, such as Rick Kamod and Usaya Sotutu. So that's the big news in terms of athletics. Uh, that's that's uh, come out this week in the build-up to the Pacific Games. Firstly,
2: fifteen seconds. That's I mean that sounds like a huge breaking breaking of the record. Fifteen seconds.
3: Yeah, of, of course. You know, when it first came out, I had to look at it twice to ensure yeah. that it was correct. But it definitely was. So this guy has been uh, this kid um, has come out uh, from the western side of Fiji. He's been training very hard for the past uh, a few years. Uh, eyeing those gold medals on offer at the Pacific (laughs) Games. Of course, he'll be pushed by the likes of Nikaldunet, Tahiti, Solomons, uh, Vanuatu athletes. But yeah, 15 seconds, a massive boost for him heading into the PEC Games.
2: Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's a nice little bit of confidence booster that he'll need going into the Games. What else is happening uh, in Fiji Indra?
3: Yeah, the team Fiji to the Pacific Games have uh, the first batch left on uh, Tuesday morning. They are now all uh, settled in the games village in Honiara. Um, they they're enjoying it. It's it's sort of a different uh, feel. It's not those big uh, games villages and hotels or campus. It's a school they're staying in that's been transformed into a games village for Team Fiji. And amidst it all, it's that the uh, several overseas athletes have joined up with uh, uh, different sports for Team Fiji, including uh, the likes of uh, basketball, football, uh, you know, also got the likes of sailing, tennis, etc. And um, it's going to be massive with the games getting underway in Honiara Friday, uh, you know, Solomon's time. Uh, with the team sports like basketball and football getting underway, soccer. So that's going to be good. So Team Fiji is all there. The second batch uh, leave on Saturday. So uh, they'll all be going out there trying to, uh, you know, compete against the likes of New Caledonia, which have, <laughs> you know, taken out the Pacific Games title for several, uh, you know, past games uh, in recent time.
2: Yeah, New Caledonia have dominated the Pacific Games uh, in in history and, and since it was created. Fiji, though, another one that uh, has, well, I guess they're, they're coming in second after New Caledonia. Who did you catch up with this week?
3: Yeah, well, this week as well, we, amidst it all, we had uh, recently the announcement of the Fijian Drua, that was last week, uh, the squad that's been named for the Super Rugby Pacific that starts in Feb. Uh, we will be uh, seeing the Drua play a couple of warm-up games against Randwick Club out of Australia and also uh, perhaps Melbourne Rebels. And are uh, fortunate to catch up with uh, coach Mick Byrne as he announced his squad uh, for the new season.
5: Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, first up, it's, it's an exciting opportunity for us here to welcome a, a high-quality group of new players into the squad. And it really highlights know the quality of the players that are coming in with uh, you know when we look at uh, some of the names that are in there and it gives us a great opportunity to prepare ourselves to take another step in Super Rugby. Our first year we just we were here we were creating history by being in Super Rugby. Last year we took a step and, and got into the quarterfinals and this year we want to take another step and you know give our fans an opportunity to, to cheer us on in a, in a home final and you know, these are the goals that we want to set ourselves. We're not hiding away from the fact that um, we need to improve and get better and uh, that's a target we're going to go after. And we've got seven home games with a, with a really good squad and we want to target that at home final.
3: Now with expectations also comes that experience and you have a great experience in terms of the recently returned rugby World Cup players who will add that major boost to this uh, setup.
5: Yeah, it's, it's a great um, opportunity for our players uh, you know, Some of these guys weren't professional rugby players two years ago and they've now gone to a World Cup they've now experienced the Barbarians um, and I'd, I'd imagine um, knowing how our players learn and develop they would have picked up some great learnings through the World Cup not only uh, around the game but about themselves as well We're expecting them to come back now as, as flying Fijians and, and offer up some learnings back into the group uh, but also to, to put their head down and, and work hard and lead the way now Now that they're flying Fijians. A little bit of expectation comes with that around uh, responsibility and leadership, and we'd like to see them come back and, and grow as players in that area. Again, you know, some of these guys have only been professional for two years, so they're learning their way as well, and it's, it's up to us as coaches and leaders to, to guide them through that path. But really looking forward to them coming back in, in typical fashion, they're, they're on holidays, but they're in here walking around with smiles on their faces and can't wait to get started. So it's pretty exciting as a coaching group to see the, the flying Fijian players really uh, excited to be part of the Drua season.
3: You've lost uh, Teti Tella as their premium 10. You've also uh, got in two new players, Rambitu and also uh, the Fijian 20 fly half. How, how's the depth at the 10 position looking
5: for the Drua? Well, we, we named... Um, this is Kelly last year into our development, um, and unfortunately, you know he had a bad shoulder, and so we got some surgery done, and he's spent he's been here for now a year looking at it. And I say, well, we, we saw what he did with the under twenties, and uh, both these players are exciting young young players that carry the ball well, they've got a lot of speed off the mark, and it's up to us to develop these players now to to give them the skill sets to become more class tens. They've got the talent. Uh, They've got the speed, uh, they've got the desire, you know, they're training really, really hard now and it's good competition for two young men in that spot. It's a tough role, It's it's a tough position to play and in Super Rugby, most teams that are, or all the teams that have success over the last sort of 15 to 20 years, their number 10s have probably been the guiding light. And when you look at the titles they've won, there's been some big name 10s that have won titles. So we're looking forward to developing those young men into those sorts of players and... Leading us around the park
3: now. Uh, all coaches talk about having the headache, a good headache, so to say, in terms of uh, having the best players available for selection. Same with Drua. You've got flying Fijians internationals. You've got some good young talent coming through. You've got some new players signed up. Um, how's that headache for you, Coach Mick?
5: I think you know. Coaches always say it's a good problem to have, but um, you know, in, in our case, we've got a lot of young players that'll be fighting for that and. As I said, our, our flying free genes come back as flying free genes, but they're only in their second year, so they're going to have to grow as well. And um, you know, it, it, it's 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 in it's human nature, you know, that if you have someone um, you know biting away at your heels, it keeps you moving forward. So, you know, for our players that are, that have come back in as flying free genes, they're going to come back into the squad in a couple of weeks' time, and they're going to look around the field and they're going to see some pretty healthy-looking players training really really well and they're going to be looking and saying well I better get back into it here because these young guys are are coming so it's a healthy it's a healthy environment and um, you know it it will it will create um, selection not issues but just good selection decisions and that's where you want to be as a coach you know you want to have those as a coaching group to sit down at the beginning of the week and and have challenging discussions with each other about who should be in the team Uh, when you're doing those sorts of things you've got a really healthy squad.
2: So that was Mick Byrne, coach of Fiji and Drua. They finished 7th last year. Indra, do you think they're going to improve this upcoming season?
3: I think they've got a huge opportunity to prove a point this season because with the uh, New Zealand and also the uh, Australian Super Rugby franchises losing a lot of, you know, seasoned uh, players to retirement or to moving abroad, a lot of new players coming into the setup for the Australian and New Zealand franchises, this Drua outfit, if they continue doing what they did last season and the season before, They definitely will improve and they've got seven home games, so that's a bonus as well.
2: Thanks very much for that, Indra, your local sports report and also catching up there with Mick Byrne. Carlo, on the ground in Nuku'alofa, what's happening in sports and making headlines in Tonga?
1: Over the weekend, we had one of the finals for one of the local rugby tournaments. Uh, So we have tournaments ongoing throughout the year. It's not just on the main island, but also in the outer islands as well. And um, so one of the finals of one of the tournaments uh, was held on the weekend and two of the strongest teams uh, went against each other, which is Doloa Old Boys and the Viney Doves. But surprisingly, Doloa Old Boys were always the tougher team, but this time they were pretty beaten up by um, Viney Doves. Uh, So everybody's still quite excited about um, the game that happened over the weekend. Um, Although the the weather wasn't... um, as pleasant a lot of rain a lot of puddles mm-hmm. uh, but you know uh, that's like here in Tonga they uh, in the Pacific they just love to play around in the mud <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can just imagine <laughs> their um their jerseys at the end of the game um but yes congratulations to all of the teams who participated in the tournaments there are still ongoing tournaments going on at the moment um, and there are other campaigns and other trainings um, being held especially for training the young ones and um, there's touch rugby for the young ones every saturday um uh, so it's it's really good that they um get receive those kind of training train them up now this is the right time to um instill in them the passion for for rugby and just you know the skills for any sport because there are so many uh problems at the moment um all around but uh sport seems to be you know like the the way out for everybody And also, it's also a great opportunity for communities to come together uh, for the outer islands to bring in their best games, uh, best people, best players. And from there, you know, uh, they're able to, you know, the bigger clubs, they're able to select them and take them overseas uh, for other scholarship uh, opportunities and other contracts. So it's a a win-win situation uh, with these um, local tournaments.
2: Yeah, that's what we love about sport. It brings communities together no matter what is happening uh, around the world. So um,
1: who did you have a chance to catch up with this week, Carlo? I was very fortunate to uh, catch up with the Secretary, uh, Sh- Secretary General and CEO of Tonga's Sports and Olympic Committee, which is Tasanok uh, and Mrs. Netina latuvea Uh,
4: Thank you for the opportunity. My name is Netina Latubea. I have been in Miro uh, for six months. um, So this is a good challenge for me right up. Um, Sending a team of about 317. And this is due to some athletes getting injured. Some have competing competitions, especially uh, qualifying uh, events for the Paralympic and Olympic Games Paris 2024. But um, we are left with this number. This is the biggest contingent uh, of Team Tonga to the Pacific Games. And we have 133 of our team left this morning at about 10 o'clock on a chartered flight direct from Tonga to Honiara. And um, the general team manager, uh, Ms. Suliana Afu, uh, was on that flight and... uh, many of the sports that will be competing in the first week of competition including our archers, boxers, um, a few of the local basketball players, uh, football, two teams, men's and women's, uh, our two Jutokas from from Tonga and their coach t- tennis. Our whole table tennis contention was on that flight, volleyball, taekwondo, and three uh, football technical officials. So, We are excited, uh, and our chef de mission, Hiko Fungabaka, is already in Honiara uh, finalizing uh, the registration of the team or completing his uh, DRM or delegation registration meeting this morning. And um, we are delighted to be competing in uh, the sports that I had mentioned, including swimming and athletics and uh, rugby uh, league nines and rugby sevens. They are still here, Uh, some of them will leave this week and of course we have a lot of players also based overseas and they will also be making their way to Honiara in the next week or so. There are obviously uh, two weeks of competitions. The first week, football, tennis, table tennis, volleyball, basketball, judo, sevens, nines, and weightlifting will compete in the first week of competition. And leading on to the second week of competition, starting on the 27th of November, we have athletics, boxing, taekwondo, um, golf, netball, and swimming competing uh, in the second week. I forgot to mention that hockey, we have a men's and women's hockey team. Some players are also joining us from Sydney, the six players coming from Sydney. So we are um, delighted that uh, we have hockey as well represented. This is the biggest uh, contingent of Team Tonga to any Pacific Games, largely due to many team sports. Competing in both the men's and the women's competition, especially for the rugby uh, sevens and rugby league nines. This is the first time that we have a women's team in both these two codes of, uh, of rugby. So it's exciting. Uh, and we look forward to an yeah, exciting and tough competition, but will be good. I'm sure the girls will put up a good fight.
1: Before we get to the most important question, I want to ask you, um, how was the preparations, and um, were there any special technical support programs?
4: Yeah, thank you. Um, coming out of COVID, um, you know, the two-year uh, two lockdown, um, it's pretty tough, especially in, straight into, you know, preparation for Pacific Games now, but uh, we're grateful there was support from uh, the government of, uh, of China, uh, in partnership with the government of Tonga through their technical sports program. Um, in 2018 and 2019, there were um, a group of Tongan athletes and officials that went to China and trained there. Uh, and just because with timing and um, looking at the Pacific Games being moved from July to November, it was timely um, that the government of China and Tonga agreed to bring uh, 11 coaches over to Tonga for the last month to assist some of the sports uh, preparing for Pacific Games. And uh, these coaches from China were here until last uh, Saturday, 11th of November. And um, through also, I want to acknowledge the team up program through the support of uh, the Government of Australia and provided a lot of training as well for our netball uh, girls, um, DALA, and support also from government towards the DALA girls and table tennis, and soccer as well and women's rugby they have contributed largely to uh, involvement in the development of women's rugby as well as women's rugby nines and um, i want to acknowledge the government of tonga for their support immense support in making sure that our athletes um, get to the Solomons. Without the um, support from the government of Tonga, we wouldn't be able to send the team. This is the first time we've gone over the 300 mark, uh, and it's because of those team sports. But we have uh, a great support from government uh, and, and the public because of what we had gone through with the Hunga Tonga, Hunga Hapai, uh, volcano eruption last year, uh, and COVID. But we are showing our
1: what we're made of Tongans. You know, we never give up. Sounds like you've been doing a lot of preparations, Team Tonga. Now I know the the other Pacific Island um teams are listening into this program. Um is there any particular sports that they should be looking out for that Tonga's got the upper hand on? What do you think, Netina?
4: I think they should watch out for all the eighteen sports that Tonga's taking part in. <laughs> um of course our most favorite, I think um, For netball, our Tala girls are all flying in from uh, Brisbane next week. Definitely, they will be doing their thing on the court. Uh, We lost to the Cook Islands by one point in Samoa four years ago, so the girls are ready to go and grab their gold. Uh, Rugby sevens, of course, men's and women's. We look forward to that. Rugby nines. Our swimming uh, team, they've got three international Olympic committee scholarship holders so we want to show us you know what they've been doing um, we look forward to their uh, competition as well as weightlifting and boxing and I wouldn't count out taekwondo and taekwondo brought in our most gold, gold medals last game so taekwondo is a quiet sport but they are very focused and determined so watch out those uh, taekwondo athletes Tonga is coming <laughs> thank you
2: so that was Natina Latuvea uh, and, and once again talking about Tonga Tala and expecting that gold. We had uh, the captain of Tala, Julita Veve, on the show a few weeks ago and she's confident uh, that they're going to get the gold as well. What do you think, Carlo? And Is everyone riding on this gold medal for Tala or have we got some
1: other sports that we might uh, be able to get gold in as well? I'm just right behind the team. I think we're going to get gold in all categories, in whatever categories we're, <laughs> we're able to participate in. Don't worry, we've got it in the bag. <laughs> um, that's the tongue and humor here. Uh, we, it's win or lose, gold, silver, bronze, no medal. We're happy. We're just so happy and supportive of our team. Uh, whatever the results is, uh, yeah, we're right behind them. And
2: similar to what uh, Miss Natina was saying as well All the golds in all the event Can't narrow it down Uh, Thanks very much for those reports and interviews Indra and Carlo Uh, There's lots of sport happening across the Pacific Uh, Indra, the FIFA Under-17 World Cup is happening Who's representing Oceania?
3: That's um, that's a great one uh, that's going on at the moment. Uh, New Caledonia and New Zealand, the two teams who qualified last, oh well, earlier this year, uh, the playoffs were here in Fiji, and unfortunately, it's not been going their way. New Caledonia first game losing to England, massive ten nil, and New Zealand losing to Venezuela three nil. And just the other games, uh, looking at the other one, losing to Brazil. New Caledonia losing to Brazil, 9-0 and New Zealand, going down to Germany, 3-1. Uh, a couple of other games coming up for them. But so, you know, it's a baptism of fire when you play against the big guns. Uh, most of these players in these other teams, particularly Brazil, France, Argentina and all, already playing the top leagues around the world. So it was always going to be a uh, tough ask, particularly for New Caledonia. but so proud of them to be flying the Pacific and Oceania flag at the prestigious World Cup tournament.
2: Yeah, indeed. Good on them for making it there. And coming up against Brazil, that was always going to be tough for any team coming in. So New Caledonia going down 9-0, you know what, at least they kept it under double figures. So well done. First time in a World Cup. Uh, Carlo, we've been talking about the Pacific Games. What's happening with
1: preparations for Team Tonga? I think Netina has already covered all the um, the preparations, and um, part of the team has already arrived and are now warming up and getting used to the place. Uh, I can, we can see all the photos and updates being sent over from the Solomon's. Um, everyone is settling in well and. Uh, really enjoying the place Uh, so we hope for a good game but there are still a few uh, of the the team members that are still left behind not left behind they're still remembered they will go (laughs) (laughs) they will be there Um, they have their own time schedule to to go down to the Solomons but um, excited to see the opening ceremony as well
2: Yeah, it's, uh, as we said, it's kicking off uh, very soon. We've got the opening ceremony and then we've got games and... All happening in just a couple of days' time. Uh, now, Indra, you brought this up last weekend before it was happening in the Oceania Rugby Sevens Championships that was happening in Brisbane. We had Olympic qualifiers, and now we've got two teams that have qualified and will be going through to the Olympics. In the men's, Samoa have defeated PNG 24 0 in the Oceania Rugby Sevens Championship Olympic final in Brisbane over the weekend. Manu Samoa won all four games in the lead up to the final against PNG without conceding a single point. They beat Tuvalu 36-0, then the Solomon Islands 50-0, American Samoa 52-0, and finally the Cook Islands 46-0. So Samoa, they were on a mission to qualify for the Olympics. Uh, Now, they have qualified for Paris 2024 Olympics for the first time. Manu Samoa Sevens will uh, take part in the Olympics, so they're very excited about that. In the women's, Fijiana also qualified for the Paris 2024 Olympics. However, this won't be their first time uh, in an Olympic appearance. Uh, Fijiana conceded only five points in their three pool matches, and that was to Tonga, who they defeated 38-5. Once again, dominating in the pool rounds, they beat the Cook Islands 50-0 and then smashed American Samoa 68-0. They outclassed Samoa in the semi to win 42-0. And then finally defeated PNG 54 nil in the Olympic final so unfortunately for PNG uh, they lost both of those finals but congratulations to Manu Samoa going to be competing in their first Olympic games uh, and once again to Fijiana as well going back to the Pacific games there uh, Indra uh, speaking of rugby give us an overview what's happening with rugby and what direction is it going in
3: yeah, I was going to touch on that. You know, while the focus was on the Olympic qualifications, Bobby, at at the tournament in Brisbane, mind you, I, I, the crowd could have been better. I think you've got to bring it to the island sometimes. But yeah. um, what I've been impressed or was impressed with is we got to see teams like Tuvalu, Nauru, Vanuatu, Cook Islands, Solomon Islands, playing rugby sevens, mm. New way. You know, it is such a great opportunity for this small island nations to get a chance to play um, Oceania Rugby 7s against some of the big guns of Fiji and New Zealand, Australia, Tonga, Samoa. Yes, there are some concerns raised about them getting a beating like no tomorrow on the rugby field. It's bound to happen. But I think the more exposure they get playing in tournaments such as these, it will give them a platform to develop further in the 11th place final, you know, Tuvalu beating Nauru 12-5. That was an exciting game. Ninth place was an Oceania combined side that beat Vanuatu 34-10. Seventh place, Australia beat uh, Cook Islands 48-0. And then Tonga finished fifth beating Solomon Islands. You just look at the opposition. All of them lost Nauru, Vanuatu, Cooks and Solo in the men's, but they put in some massive shift in that. And I'm proud of the Pacific uh, teams for taking and making uh, a mark in rugby sevens, Bobby.
2: Yeah, incredible to see. And uh, Kitabas also had a team over there as well with the men's and women's, which was fantastic. Like you said, a lot of these nations are are not strong in rugby sevens, but they're out there, they're putting teams out there and that's the only way to improve. So it's great to see all of these teams coming out and having the opportunity to play against some of the the top tier teams. Uh, Carlo... Super Rugby squads, what have you noticed about some of these players?
1: Well, we are building up the tension and attention for the next round of Super Rugby Pacific um, for 2024. And uh, some of the rugby squads have already indicated, uh, especially 10 franchise teams in New Zealand and Australia, that they have included players from uh, origins from Fijian, from Fiji, Samoa, and also from Tonga. Uh, So it's really exciting to see the next tournament and see how they uh, play out. Lots and lots of big names in teams such as uh, the Chiefs, Highlanders, Hurricanes, Auckland Blues, Brombees, Crusaders, Rebels, Waratahs, Reds, Western Force, and there's heaps of names there. Under each team, so well done to the Pacific. They really um, showed how valuable they are to each team that they're playing for, and so valuable enough to be brought back uh, for the next season. So well done.
2: Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it's it's our sport, so we're going to see our Pacifica. Players all around playing in these squads and and these games that we love uh, so much. Uh, Now, speaking of rugby, we've got more rugby. Uh, The NRL State of Origin just announced they will be having a three-game series for the first time. They've only had uh, one game, then they went to two games, but... Finally, they're going to have it like the men. They're going to have the three games, which is about damn time. Uh, Queensland are the current holders of the shield, so they will have the opportunity to host the Tri-Series twice. Uh, that all kicks off with Game 1. That's happening on Thursday, the 16th of May. The second game will be Thursday, the 6th of June. And if it's needed, it was needed this year, but we didn't have it, but if it's needed next year, uh, the decider will be held on Thursday, the 27th of June. Men's State of Origin, of course, that is the three games. As usual, that'll kick off on Wednesday, the 5th of June, then game two, Wednesday, 26th of June. And, of course, the decider or the dead rubber, whatever it is, uh, Wednesday, the 17th of July. So it's wonderful to finally see the NRLW, the women, get that try series uh, alongside the men for the state of origin. Oh, So much sport happening every week. It's nice to hear some of the highlights from our experts in the Pacific. So thank you, Indra and Carlo.
1: ABC Radio Australia. off the field! Feel the power of Pacific sports.
2: <laughs> Onehanga Mataweao is a former Manu Samoa captain who competed in the 1999 Rugby World Cup. Since retiring as a player, One has turned his focus to coaching. I asked him what his role is with Samoa's Manu Sina.
0: I was uh, a technical, um, advisor, uh, forwards coach, but, um, mainly focusing on the scrum part. That's my sort of, um, speciality and yeah, it was a, a very, uh, yeah, very good time with, with, uh, with the role.
2: And how did the role come about?
0: Um, it was the head coach of the Mandusina, Ramsey, uh, Tomarkin, uh, sort of reach out to me and, um. We obviously follow each other's on um you know, on the on social media with rugby and of course we you know, we know each other's personally and we just reach out and then uh, the first gig was um the Oceania um earlier this year so and that was down in the Gold Coast and then um we just went on from there and you know and we progressed through.
2: So Manu Sina recently competed in the women's 15s in South Africa. They weren't able to get a win, but what were some of the positives that they were able to get out of that tournament?
0: Oh, it, it was a huge learning for us, to be honest, Bobby. Um, it was positive in, in so many ways. Just going through my um, my observations and my feedback to, to, to give back to the union and coaches, and I think we are only 20 minutes or 30 minutes um, off off that level. So um and that's not a big it's and it's not a, a big gap for us to, to bridge. Um to be a non World Cup team that participated in Tier two, um X fifteen Tier two, it was a it was a massive thing for them and most of these players are amateurs mm. <laughs> competing against the, the the professionals and the semi professionals though I guess. So massive learnings and it was all um positive
2: you mentioned uh, the tier two status there, so there were only two Pacific nations that competed in the women 's X fifteen uh, Samoa competed in tier two and Fiji competed in tier three category. What are the advantages of being selected in that two tier two competition playing to some of the top sides?
0: Well, I think the, the best part about that is that you know you measure yourself you know against some of the best teams in the world you know um a lot of these teams in the tier two, they were all in the top teams of the world. I oh. think uh, South Africa Springboks were only the ranked twelve or 11th, but we ranked 15. So um, that's a positive that the ladies to Gareth and us as the coaching staff. It's there is a gap there, but we're not far off, and it's all it's all about the exposures for us to 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 you know, to play a lot of games. Um against them, and you know, and I think you know we'll be better for it. You can only look at Fiji in terms of the, the men's side of it. They got better at the World Cup because they play in a super rugby as a Fiji general, so that's the example that we we always um, you know look look into that and took out of it.
2: The Oceania Rugby sevens concluded in Brisbane over the weekend. Were there any Manusina fifteens players who also compete in the Manusina sevens?
0: Yes, there was about five of them that came back from Cape Town and joined the Monday Siemens um straight away and I really think they did really well. I think they only come together in a matter of a week mm. or two weeks um you know and and you can see them trying you know trying to to play the best as they can, but I really commend them with the effort,
1: yeah.
2: Speaking of rugby sevens, the Manu Samoa booked a ticket to the Paris twenty twenty four Olympics over the weekend. What does this mean for rugby in Samoa?
0: Oh, it's amazing! It's a first time. I know we did a few years back. I think the last Olympics that we didn't quite get got there. Um, and for now, it's amazing. You know, um, credit to you know Jabrian Lima and, and and the boys, and it's good for our local players. Um, to compete you know again it's the Olympics you know to be an Olympian it's you can't take that away from anyone so it's it's exciting and it's yeah it's it's so good to see
2: it was quite a comfortable win for the Manu Samoa defeating PNG 24-0 what stood out for you in that game I have no I have no doubt that you were glued to the television
0: yeah I think the you know the defensively for them it's just their connection you know they will they' managed to connect well and and you know and and defend it their you know as a as a team you know um again it's you're only seven players on the field, so you've got to work extra hard um and for them to go through um the whole game um um on you know the, i think the no one's crossed their line um, until the the final against New Zealand. So that that was that was telling, you know, for them. They, re, they really worked, worked really hard on their on their D. So you know, good on them. I'm so proud of them.
2: Mm. You've coached both men and women. Does your coaching style change when you're coaching different genders?
0: Absolutely, you you, um, you can, and and it's a no disrespect to you know to our ladies, but. They are so sponges, and I love coaching them because they've just started their game what, mm. ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah. So everything that we that we coach to them, you know, they soaked it up, they you know, um, they're willing to learn and everything and I've got and I've always had the philosophy is the women's they need to feel good to play good. The blokes we need to play good to feel good. So that's a that's yeah. a difference, you know, if you have a lady you know if she's not in the mood to train or whatever reasons guarantee you you can't get a best out of her but if she turn up with a mindset of yep i'm feeling good by myself then i guess great we're gonna have a good day
2: <laughs> oh that's so interesting you've got your skills academy with rugby as well is it different and i imagine it is especially after hearing that but with younger people that you're coaching as well what's the differences there
0: um, you know, you you coach to to their ability, and I and I think that's the majority of us coaches we need to remember that. Yeah. You know, coaching the Wallabies and the All Blacks and Munster, so more it's different from coaching the under sixty, under 10s and under twelves. Um, and that's a simple philosophy I can put into. Um, it's it's coaching them to their own ability, and having that patience to you know to to put up with the mistakes they do. And allow them to make mistakes because, you know, you make them feel part of of this of this group of these training sessions and everything. They will come more and their willingness. And I think that's um, that is the, my approach um, to the different type of level. And yeah, yeah,
2: sounds like it's quite different expectations across the board. Do you get any? Satisfactory more from one than the other, or they each share their own.
0: Well, they each they each have their own merits. You know, when when you get a feedback from mum and dad about how their son or daughter enjoying playing rugby now because they don't feel as bad as when they they're now feeling confident about tackling, about catching, about the passes they do. Mm. You know, versus the teams, the professional that you coach, the executions and everything. So you compare the two, it's still a win-win situation because at the grassroots level, it's all about the safety, making them feel confident, making them enjoy the game. The, the, the better the the execution skills, the, the, the better they feel good about themselves and they want it more. Yeah. On the professional level, it's all about executions under pressure and that's where you, you know, that you, it's all about the under pressure part of that and, you know, they'll get better at that and that's why they're there, I guess.
2: Mm. Uh, what's next on the calendar for Manu Sina?
0: Um, We've got a the uh, Oceania um, you know, next year. So that will be in um, in uh, in June, July, I believe. And then that's uh, the qualifying for the World Cup. So uh, whoever wins out of that, it qualifies straight away for the World Cup. And then obviously then... Heading into the the tier tier three, so um, they're going to be a it's going to be a busy schedule for for the Montecena, so um, it's going to be exciting for them, and you know it's a matter of just staying on the staying on task and stay, <laughs> yeah, get fit up for these players. <sighs>
2: Oh, well, that sounds wonderful. That's very exciting for the Manu Sina, with all the competitions yes. that they've had and what they've got coming up as well. So thanks so much for your time today, On Air, and all the best for your role as forwards coach with Manu Sina.
0: Bobby,
2: thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. That was On Matawiao, former Manu Samoa captain. I really enjoyed hearing about his coaching strategies across different genders and age groups as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Manu Sina do next. All right. You've been listening to my co hosts and I for a while now, so it's time to get to know us a little bit more. It's time for our next segment. Giaman Stupwe. Giaman Stupwe is Tok Pisan for Pick the Lie. Each co host will tell us three things about themselves. Two will be true, and one will be a lie. The other two co hosts will Giaman Stupwe try and pick the lie. Indra. Three things about yourself, off you go.
3: Uh, Bobby, it takes time to think about these things, you know, Many every <laughs> <does>. week uh, <laughs> that you listen to the co-host and yourself do that. But, yeah, uh, for me, I'll just go totally sports this week. Um, so the first one is I co-commentated on the Pacific Games football final in 2003 in Fiji with a commentator from the ABC. That was Fiji versus New Caldonia in the football final. Uh, 2015, I was at the World Cup, the Under-20 Football World Cup as a media uh, head of the Fijian team that took part in there. And I have the third one is I have covered five Rugby World Cups. Wow.
2: All of them, once again, very believable. Okay, uh, Carlo, out of those three, what do you think is the lie? The
1: third one.
2: The third one. So you don't think that he's worked at five Rugby World Cups? I think he has. I think the lie is you co-commentated football final at the Pac Games, although it could be believable. All right, Indra, what's the lie?
3: So uh, the first one, I definitely called uh, co-commentated the 2003 Pacific Games in Suva, uh, which uh, Fiji won in the last time they won a Pacific Games gold medal in football. I was the media manager of the Fijian team. And, yeah, so Carlo gets it right. I've been to four Rugby World Cups, not five. Oh,
2: you, get oh, well done, Carlo. You did Tana. well there. A gold for Tonga, yes. <laughs> 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 oh, I lost that one, uh, but well done, Carlo. So All just right, like
3: Tonga Tala, she got it right.
2: She did. Yeah. She got it right, <laughs> yes. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, well, you're on a roll, Carlo. See if you can get us. What are three things about
1: yourself? Okay, firstly, I love to eat all kinds of seafood, and secondly, I'm very sporty. And thirdly, I love cooking more than working in media. All right, Indra, what do you think the lie is?
3: I will go for the third one. I don't think so. She <laughs> loves cooking more than she's working for sports and doing media work. With-
2: Yeah, Indra, I'm going to go with you. I think that's a lie. I do not think that you enjoy cooking more than working in sports. What is it? What is the lie? Uh That is the lie.
1: That is the lie, (laughs) yes. No, no. No. I'm just kidding. Pulling your leg. (laughs) What is the lie? (laughs) The lie is um, I'm not very sporty at all. I only uh, do sports news. But um, if you can call um, Zumba as a sports, then that's my sports. <laughs> <laughs> Zumba is a sport, so
2: that's good. No, that's okay. All right, none of us got that one. I'm sucking at this. All right, here we go. Last one. Now, these are three things about me. Now, I have travelled to these countries to play cricket. First place, Japan, as part of the Samoa women's cricket team. Second, India, as part of my local women's cricket club based in Melbourne. And the third is England, as part of the Australian under-17 girls cricket team. So... Each of these countries I've travelled to to play cricket. Japan, India, England. What's the lie, Indra?
3: Mm. Let's see. India's a cricket team. England's a cricket team. I'll go with the first one, Japan.
2: Japan. Okay. Yep. Carlo, what, what do you think the lie is? Which place have I not been to?
1: I think I'm thinking on the same line with Indra. Japan. Japan. I don't see cricket being played there. Right, okay. Well, I was the vice captain of the Samoan women's
2: cricket team and we played in Japan. We played against Papua uh-huh. New Guinea and Japan. So And Japan won. So anyway. Um, India, I did go to India with my local women's cricket club based in Melbourne. So that was an incredible experience. England, I haven't been to England So that is a lie. So I won that one. Finally, I got something. But thank you both for playing and thank you both for being here. That does bring us to the end of the show for this week. Uh, A big thank you to my co-host, Indra Singh, the news director of the Fijian Broadcasting Corporation. Thank you, Indra.
3: Thank you, Bobby. And uh, wishing all the teams uh, around the Pacific a very best of luck at the Pacific Games. And to all the media personnel, including yourself, heading off to the Solomons, you know, have a blast
2: can't wait and hopefully that media ban is not uh, having too big an impact but we can chat to the team manager <laughs> and carlo morley uh manager of kingdom media in tonga carlo thank you for joining us for your first time as a co-host i hope you've enjoyed yourself
1: Enjoyed it very much. Um, malo alpito to you, Bobby, for uh, including Tonga finally into Fresh off the Field, and um, all the best to everybody, especially to Indra. Looks like you've got an exciting team for the SPG game. So, all the best to all the teams.
2: And a big thank you to our audio producer Nelly. Thanks, Nelly. Thank you for listening to Fresh Off the Field, The Sporting Pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back next week with two new co hosts from across the Pacific talking all things sport in our region. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people and the Gadigal people.
0: This program has been funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade.